one day we're going to have to have a conversation about what it means to have a seat in the table. We're going to have to talk about how dirty the table is. We need to speak about how the chairs are not are custom made for other bodies and not ours. We need to have a conversation about the manners at the table, how where your seat is placed, how you find your seat is placed in front of the crumbs while other people's seats are placed, you know, in higher places. We're going to have to have a conversation about who gets the attention at the table, what attention you do get when you do get attention at the table, what, you know, you can and cannot say at the table. We are going to have to talk about the temperature at the table, how cold it is at the table, the aircon setting at the table. We have to talk about, you know, um, your purpose at the table, how you perceive others sitting at the table and how they perceive you. We need to talk about the cost of making it to the table and the rewards you get once you're at the table. We need to talk about whether or not you can reach your utensils, whether or not the equipment that you've been given, the chair you've been placed in front of, its proximity to the height of the table, whether or not you can reach the you know, the utensils you need to eat at the table. You need to talk about what is served to you at the table, what menu you get at the table, because not everyone gets the same menu, right? We need to talk about, um, you know, sort of the timing of when you are allowed to eat, right? You speak about what you're expected to do at the table. You know, you're expected to eat at the table and entertain others at the table and serve at the table in which you also eat. You know, we need to talk about how much space is given to the table. You know, do you have enough arm room to comfortably flex your shoulders as you eat? Or are you cramped in a corner, you know, trying to make do with the little that you have? We just need to talk a lot about whether or not this is even a table for you or whether you've been fooled into thinking that, um, you know, the what's it called? The pig's truffle where, where the pigs eat. Whether you have been fooled into thinking that is the table. But unbeknownst to you, actually, the table is something else, you know, something which is unattainable for you. And, you know, all you're worthy of is the scraps of the table. You know, I think there'll come a point where we honestly have to talk as people of color, as specifically black kids, what it looks like to be in a table. And once we have that honest conversation to ask ourselves whether or not we actually even really want to be part of that table. Um, or whether or not there are other alternatives we should be looking at. As in, you know, maybe making our own. I just think it's, I'm tired of, I'm tired of watching, you know, black child after black child after black child after black child after black excellence after black excellence after black excellence after black excellence. Working and sacrificing and generations, uh, you know, pulling towards making it to a table which isn't actually a real table, but it is essentially 
the gas chamber masked as showers. And essentially it's just a slaughterhouse for black kids. I think, yeah, I think one day we're going to have to have an honest conversation of what it means to be at the table and to have a seat at the table. Well, firstly, my name is Monde Toto. As you know, um, I'm originally from the Eastern Cape. I'm from a township called Elita in the Eastern Cape. Uh, it's still home currently and it's where my mother is. Um, I was raised by my mother, beautiful, loving, strong, close woman. Um, and I have a little brother. Um, yeah, I think mostly that's it on the back, my background. Oh, and I am currently living in Joburg. I've been living in Joburg for probably seven or eight years. Um, and I'm a corporate lawyer by trade. Um, when it comes to story of cooking, I think probably my earliest memories of being in the kitchen or being active in the kitchen was probably when I was around 10 or 11. Um, so my mother used to buy what's referred to as 12 comma fives um, in, in, in townships commonly. It's a, uh, yeah, it's just one of those big bags of flour. It's a 12 comma five bag of flour. So she used to buy those and it was, I guess, cost efficient to buy all that flour and then you can make your own bread and avoid going to to buy bread on the daily or every few days. So we used to make our own bread at home. Um, but the problem with making your own bread, especially by hand, is the process of kneading, or in Kosa as they call it, ukov. So that process is it's a tedious one, and it's one that requires quite a bit of strength and bicep and arm. So my mother got over that pretty quickly. So at tender age of 10, 11, she, she taught me how to do it. So then I became the person who did all the kneading in the house. Um, so I would be, so I became a bread maker at quite a, a young age. And those are probably my first memories of being in the kitchen. And I think that's where it started. From there, I started also baking with my mother. I started making cakes and things like that. I first started making icings and then she allowed me eventually to come into baking. And then as I grew older and a bit more responsible, I got, I got a bit more freedom to help in the kitchen and preparing actual meals. Um, and at that time, obviously, I wasn't exposed to YouTube or what, I don't know, home cooks and chefs around the world are making. So I was cooking very traditional things on the day, things I was interacting with or eating, at on, a, or eating on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, I quickly, I think I quickly fell in love with cooking. Um, and I think most things in, in life can be reduced to a feeling. And I think I, I love the feeling that cooking gave me. It's always been a, a very calming and great escape for me. Um, but then after that, obviously, I went to varsity. Well, actually, I was in boarding school throughout, throughout school. And then I went to varsity and I was in res. So I've never actually had a kitchen. So I didn't really cook much my whole life. Um, other than when I was at a home for holidays. And then eventually when I was in Joburg, you move into, you move into a place and all of a sudden now I've got my own kitchen. And that's when it really started for me. As soon as I got my own kitchen, then I started experimenting. Um, I just became a lot more curious about cooking. It's something I enjoyed when I was younger. And then I picked up again now at this late age. And it's mostly just about experimenting for me. Um, 
I, I love to try new things. Um, and as I say, I, I love the feeling of cooking. So I love, I love the whole process. I love, I love even just laying out the ingredients initially, or even going to the shop to buy the ingredients or learning beforehand or picturing what you want to make and thinking it through before you get your ingredients. Um, I think probably my happiest moments um, or some of my happiest moments are when I'm in, my, in the kitchen, have some good tunes and have a glass of wine or a GNT. That is probably me at my happiest. Um, I also love cooking for my loved ones, friends, um, my partner. It's, yeah, I, I really enjoy it and I, I enjoy getting to explore and I, I enjoy others getting to explore the flavors and tastes. And I think if there's probably one thing I try to, or my favorite meals are probably slow cooked meals, um, meals which take four to six hours. And I think a lot of that has to do with the feeling of, well, the actual taste. When you, when you taste it, it, it's a taste that reminds you of home or the feeling you get when you eat those meals is a feeling of home. So I think a, a lot of my cooking has that that comes through in it. That's why I love making dishes like shakshuka, very warm and hearty, or dombolo, or oxtail, lamb shank. It's it's all these very deep flavored, long process, um, feel good meals which give you a feeling of home.